We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to, again, one of my favorite things in Sports Chat 503 is being able to have guys like the man, Max Torres, right here to join us. Let's go. What up, Max? What's up, Ryan? How we living? Glad to be back here, ready to talk some ducks. Thanks for having me. Let's go. Super fired up. I mean, I'm I'm com- still coming off the high that was yesterday at Matt Knight, you know, to get that 20-point win against Arizona. A nice little bounce-back victory for the boys. Oh, man, that feels good. But, hey, you, my friend, have been an absolute go-getter. You've been around the world. You've gone, you've, you've covered everything. You already are already the main expert in recruiting that I try to bring on here at Sports Chat. So you were there, you're in San Antonio, which of course is one of my favorite cities, man. The Riverwalk, such a great, great hospitality down there. So what are your first thoughts just on your general uh, time in San, in San Antonio and uh, in, enjoyed with that uh, All-American Bowl? Yeah, San Antonio was a was an awesome experience uh, that I was really fired up to to you know take that trip because I was supposed to go to the 2022 Adidas All American Bowl, but I got COVID. So uh, you know that was still when things were kind of just getting getting rolling with that last year, but that was kind of a weird experience. So unfortunately, wasn't able to take that trip, but um, was super stoked to get out to San Antonio. Um, kind of got in late on the first day, so wasn't able to go to practice or anything, but then. I was right there up uh, up and at him the next day, just getting to go to the Alamo Dome, which was a really, really cool setting. Cool. Um, just a, a super, super dope spot to be at. Uh, and then just being around all that talent, like on the same field. I think when, when I moved out to Southern California and I was going to the, the Bosco and Modern Day games, like that was unbelievable because it's so much talent on one field. But it's like that, like times 20, you know, so many, so many elite football prospects a lot of guys I talked to before um but you know they're all over the country so you know like I interviewed Samson Okunlola who who ended up at, at Miami but getting to see him you know that a guy all the way out in Massachusetts I wouldn't normally get to see um you know Blake Nicholson was a, a linebacker that I covered a couple times he's going to Florida State but Oregon was getting to look at him Spencer Fano so just really really fun to be around all those guys and getting to interview them and you know be on the scene um, and just see a lot of the the top guys in the country compete was was such a cool opportunity. And then getting to check out a new city, of course, I'd never been to San Antonio, so I, I really enjoy that aspect of the trip as well. San Antonio's rad, man. They do a really good job down there, man. It's like they they told me when I was down there, it was like the number one party city in America, and I was like, there's a lot of cities that get down, bro. They're like, no, no, you'll see, 
You'll see. <laughs> well, I just love that you, you know, again, that's why we love you, Max. Recruiting expert. You're out there. You've really leaned into the recruiting. You know, you and I have talked for years. And that's one of the things I really think has blossomed about your expertise is in just not only duck recruiting and just recruits in general across the country, being able to follow guys and where they go. And that only just cements your knowledge going into how the rest of college football plays out. And even watching the NFL a couple, three years from now, you'll be like, Hey, I remember when I saw you coming out of middle school. <laughs> so that's pretty an awesome thing. I mean, just, just talk a little bit about that. Just the level of talent, like you said, on the field, how special it is to kind of have all those people together. And, to see the show that Dante Moore put on, to see the other sort of stuff that was going on down there. I mean, it had to be pretty special to be in the moment and be able to capture that moment and think, hey, you kind of made it. You, This is what we were talking about a couple years ago, right? And it's like, it's coming off of COVID, everything else, all the changes of your generation that when you guys started, you had all this stuff going on or whatever. But now you're in a position where from this point looking forward, it's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, it was it was super special getting to be around all those guys at the same time. Um, I think what one way I could kind of describe it is you know, you have those guys that are on their team or at their school and they stand out as dudes. But as we're going throughout the week at practice and, and in the All-American Bowl, if those guys can stand out from the rest, like you're really, really a dude. Like, you know, we talked about Dante Moore and man, the headlines that I could have had, the stories I could have written if, if he stayed committed to Oregon. But uh, what a phenomenal player he is. I mean, there, there's he was making every play. Uh, another guy that really stood out was Brandon Innes out of American Heritage in Florida. He's going to Ohio State to play under Ryan Day and Brian Hartline. He was an absolute stud, really putting on a show. Uh, Caleb Downs, Alabama safety commit. It, it was just really cool to, to get to see a lot of guys that I normally wouldn't get to see, certainly being out here in Southern California. And then just the way that they put on the whole, all the festivities was was really cool. There was an award ceremony for like, you know, man of the year, player of the year, um, and just to get to see all the guys, you know, dressed up, they had kind of like a red carpet thing. So they were in dress clothes, but they had their Jersey on over that, which was kind of cool. Um, and they all, you know, there, there were their families, their coaches are out there to support them. Um, another guy that really caught a lot of attention throughout the, the week was Aiden Childs, uh, who's committed to Oregon state, uh, in 2023, uh, out of Downey, I got to see him duel, uh, with Nico Iamaleava this, this year. Um, so that was, a, that was cool too, just to kind of see the progression. Cause I know that he was on Oregon's radar, uh, earlier in the spring before they got Dante Moore. Uh, and I went to see him in camp and kind of started to get a little bit of feel for him. And then that was back in May. And then just to see how much he's progressed through his senior season is, is something super special. Um, so I think I was kind of rambling a little bit, but it was just an awesome experience. I can't even remember your, your initial question. No, that, that's exactly what the question was, man. You nailed it. I mean, I, I, I was really impressed with Aiden Giles as well. I it, This is, again, I, I don't get into recruiting that heavy personally because it's just so huge and there's so many guys in so many places and guys hit and guys miss and it's an inexact science and all these other sort of things. And from my perspective, you know, I, I'm, 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 98% Doug fan, maybe 2% national side, right? I'd say it's a little bit bigger than that. But for my dad, it's definitely 98 to zero. I was with my dad at the game yesterday. He's like, I don't even watch any other game other than the Ducks. I said, okay. But the, the cool thing about recruiting is these moments when you get, like you said, all these guys are dogs at their regular school. They get to the all-star game and now they can really showcase their talents. Now you can see who's really good because man, when these guys show up at this kind of an event and play that well, then you know what you have. Yeah. So yeah, just another opportunity to solidify themselves as the the best in the country. 
Um, you know, to, like to see Pierce Clarkson have some really nice throws. He's a St. John Bosco quarterback that I covered a lot this year. He's committed to Louisville. Um, he had some awesome throws throughout the week. Uh, I saw uh, Lincoln Kean Holtz, I think is how you say his name. Originally was committed to Washington, flipped his commitment to Ohio State late out of South Dakota. So like that's the kind of guy you don't really necessarily know a whole lot about and maybe can have a tendency to write off playing in South Dakota. But when you put him up against these caliber guys and, you know, it goes both ways. You're putting them up against elite competition, but you're also giving them elite weapons to work with, whether that's O-line, receiver, tight end, running back. You have just guys at every position. Um, so you're putting them on the same team as, you know, a guy like Ruben Owens, who who's committed to Texas A&M, I want to say, number one back in the country. Um, and then I also got to see, you know, a, a fair amount of some duck guys that were out there. Um, maybe not as many as I was originally planning to see, uh, but that's okay. You know, still got to, to see him play and then obviously got to, to, you know, talk their ear off a little bit um, in, in the interview section. Well, what did you think of some of those gut guys? I mean, again, I think uh, they said right away in the, in the week that Austin Novosad looked really good, and he was and he was playing really well. And then, obviously, by the end of the week when everybody saw the game, a little bit different story based on, I think, maybe groupings, offensive line, whatever else you kind of – it looked like, obviously, <laughs> Dante Moore had a little bit better things to work with up front. It gave him a little bit cleaner pocket. But th- throughout the week, they said uh, that Austin was playing very well and fitting in very well with all the rest of those guys. What did you think of him? Yeah, Austin uh, Austin Novosad is is a really good looking quarterback prospect. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I'd heard a little bit about him when um, oh, who was it? I, I think it was after. Uh, shoot, who was I going to talk about? I think it was Brock Glenn flipped from Ohio State to Florida State, but he had been committed to Baylor for a long time. Austin Novosad had, and then these big schools come circling around like Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, Texas A&M trying to get him and he you know stayed very you know committed to uh, Baylor and then we all know what happened with Dante Moore reopening things and then Will Stein got in there and it was kind of a done deal but to, to answer your question he's just a really smooth operator I think that's kind of the way that I like to describe him a guy with really polished mechanics super comfortable not necessarily super fast but can move in the pocket really well I think improvise when you need to I think there's you know like freak athlete mobile and then there's nfl mobile that's kind of the way that i like to look at it you know guys that can can move around in the pocket and keep their eyes downfield and that's one of the areas where austin really shined i think was was the deep ball and that's why he was garnering so much attention throughout the the week of practices among the likes of dante moore who can make every throw and i think is, is definitely more athletic than austin but um 6'3", 185 i think he he's definitely pretty slight frame and he's a guy that needs to get in the weight room once he gets to Eugene, but he's already in Eugene. That's the, the cool thing about these bowl games, these all-star games is that they play in them. And then oftentimes it's, you know, Sunday, I was at the airport getting ready to come back to Long Beach. And a lot of these guys are heading off to their uh, respective schools. But Austin Novosad was definitely a standout performer throughout the week. But in the actual All-American Bowl, I think you kind of you kind of hit it on the head. I'm, I think that, um, it, the, I mean, the, you look at the final score of the game. I mean, the, the East just destroyed the West. And I think that one of the, the big deficiencies was at the line of scrimmage for the West. So uh, maybe Austin knows that didn't have the most favorable uh, circumstances from the, you know, the protection. Uh, but, you know, still fun to see him go out there and compete. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of Oregon fans are really excited about, you know, seeing these guys jump in and, uh, you know, play at the highest level. And these all-star games are a great opportunity. It did hurt a little bit, though. <laughs> like you said, the stories you could have written, it did hurt a little bit to see Dante Moore look that good. I mean, oh, my Lord. 
that guy was the man and and it looks like he can play right away so uh it, it, it's cool to see these guys at this at this stage of their career and see what they can do because as you follow them you can kind of see that progression it looks like uh he's gonna have a pretty bright future <laughs> yeah and i think you know we talked a little about aiden childs but also with dante Moore, the uh the, the Pac-12 quarterbacks are going to be stacked next year. I mean, I'm not going to say the Pac-12 is the best conference in college football from top to bottom, but from the quarterback position specifically, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, that level of depth. Um, and obviously a big part of that has to do with the transfer portal um, with, with DJU coming out to, to Oregon State, but he's going to have a, a guy like Aiden Childs that's competing with him. And then you have, um, you know, the extra COVID year with guys like Bo Nix, Michael Penix coming back. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun year for football, and uh, the quarterbacks are gonna play a central role in that. So uh, I'm I, like like you said, you know, it's it's a bummer to not see Dante Moore end up at Oregon, but um, I'm sure we're still gonna be able to see him, uh, especially in the Pac-12 circle, uh, at least while UCLA is still in the Pac-12. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're gonna see that uh, UCLA, Oregon State get to play each other. Oregon plays USC. Obviously, talked about those quarterbacks coming back. The Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, comes to Autzen next year. That's going to be phenomenal. And then the Ducks go up to see uh, Rice Eccles and our uh, good friend Cam Rising up there. And uh, these are the kind of things, the storylines that are great, because what we were talking about maybe just, you know, a year or two ago or during COVID or whatever the case may be is it's, it's hard sometimes with the transfer portal and with these guys graduating when they graduate, especially on the college basketball side and they graduate when they uh, leave early for the NBA to gain that much of a relationship with these guys and to understand who they are, what they're doing and to tell those stories, especially with a quarterback, because everybody loves the quarterback to be able to tell those stories going in next year. Those narratives are already written. I mean, the, 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 that, how about that USC Utah game next year? <laughs> I mean, dude, it's just, it, it, it's so good. And uh, so it's an opportunity, I think for everybody to kind of sit back, relax and it's off season and, and take a look at it. But right now for you, it's like tax season for h and Block right before signing day, in between the two signing days. Uh, it's got to be just the apex of your whole year. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking a little bit before we hit record just how crazy the early signing period was, but it doesn't stop. You know, now we're already looking towards the, the final signing day or the normal signing day, which honestly, truth be told, has lost a lot of its appeal because of the early signing period, but you still got some some really big fish out there uh, to use that comparison, uh, especially in regards to Oregon. They have some some big names that they're still going after. Uh, not everybody is enrolled from the 2023 recruiting class, but you're seeing a lot of these prep guys. It's easier to tell you who isn't enrolled at Oregon already than who uh, is enrolled. And then you're getting some of these transfers like Trayshawn Holden, um, you know Jordan Birch. Those guys are already you know on campus and and enrolled at Oregon, so they're getting up to speed, but. Yeah, it's definitely still a busy time. And I think, you know, kind of trying to transition out of vacation mode, you know, talk with my sources, see who's who and, and where where everybody's at with visits and everything, who's coming to Eugene. Uh, it's it's still a very busy time. So uh, I'm excited for it and um, just excited to cover it, man, because Dan Laney and the staff, they're they're definitely built different. And I think that they're the, the guys that they've brought in, in this 23 class, a lot of them have the, the possibility, opportunity to uh, – to, to contribute early. Yeah. Well, got to see coach last night, uh, very brief, just a little quick handshake, a little quick go ducks. Uh, but my son was sitting somewhat close to him. Uh, and my son uh, was kind of, you know, focused on him. He said, he was just the entire game working the phones, working the phones, working the phone. You have to be, 
I mean, this is again, this is like you said, and I, I really like this, you know, time of the year. I, I do as an old head a little bit, maybe kind of the, the early signing days, there's something about that, that I wish they could push back a little bit. It feels a little rushed. It feels a little compacted with everything else that's going on in the calendar schedule. That is college football at that time, the early bowl games going off, everything else that's happening, but I get why they want to do it in principle, but it feels like now the early signing day is taking a lot of the uh, kind of like players that are, are wanting to solidify their role, wanting to be the big name guy. And they're jumping on that early signing day. And I don't know if in the future, the actual real signing day in February is going to be as exciting as the early signing day. It feels like the early signing day is taking a lot of that buzz. Yeah, the, the early signing day is absolutely taking a lot of that buzz. And I think it's been that way for, I'd say, probably the last two or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot of these players, they want to get enrolled early. They want to start competing. And, you know, you have to look at it from the college side of things, too. The coaching staff, that's a huge benefit for them if they can get guys enrolled early and and uh, ready to make an impact. So the, the another and maybe important note to, to pass along here is that there's kind of two windows, I'd say, for Oregon. Maybe it's because they're on the quarter system. I'm not entirely sure, but you have a lot of guys that got enrolled now, uh, you know, early January, but there's also another batch of recruits that's probably going to come in before spring football starts. Right. Uh, we saw that happen with, with Jaleel Florence, and I want to say Devin Jackson last year. Some of those guys come to mind. Um, so learning to manage the, the recruiting calendar is huge as far as, you know, going out to see guys. I mean, we had some Oregon coaches that were on the road out in my neck of the woods just this uh, just this past week. Demetrius Martin was at uh, Long Beach Millican, uh, home to Oregon wide receiver commit Jordan Anderson in the 2024 class. So everyone's kind of getting out to their uh, you know respective recruiting areas, their pockets, and um, you know the recruiting just never stops. You're going to see guys, you're bringing them on campus, you're you're getting these early enrollees set up. Uh, now you're bringing 2024 guys on campus now as well. Uh, and then maybe even some, some 2023 guys. I know Oregon has a couple big visits planned for the, the end of the month uh, before that next signing period kicks in uh, starting February 1. Yeah, one of my uh, insiders, if you want to call it, is my uh, my cousin's uh, husband. He he runs limo and uh, he uh, travels with these families. So he just had the Birch family in and he kind of was saying, no, these guys are so excited, you know, and, uh, you know, just just he kind of gives me a little bit hint, hints of, you know, this, that, or the other. And he was at the, he's got a game yesterday as well for the Arizona game, but you know, the vibes are just so good right now. And this is such a great weekend. The the weather held up, you know, this weekend had that big win against Arizona yesterday. And, you know, recruits are, are, are constantly filtering through and they're constantly doing different things and trying to give these guys the best opportunity to kind of see what exactly they have here at Oregon and how it is kind of basically different or how it stacks up compare and contrast to other schools. And it's really fun to kind of follow this process. What I'm fascinated by is the transfers because the transfers, man, they've already seen how it is in regular college football. They've already been, they're not as swayed by the glitz and glamor of this, that, or the other. These kids coming from a high school weight room to come to a college weight room, it's a big deal, or a high school locker room to a college locker room, or the swag, or whatever else. But these guys that have already been in a D1 program for a couple, three years, they're not that as pumped up about it. They're there for the actual product on the field. And that's where you can really tell this is a team that's on the rise because guys want to be here and guys that are established want to be here. Not even just guys who are kind of coming to the place that hopefully a good team or hopefully where they can get playing time. But these guys that are coming in are very impressive. And I think that's what I take away from Dan Lanning the most is this guy does not strike out when it comes to these transfers. The transfers that they brought in last year were absolutely key to the success of Oregon. 
I mean, imagine where Oregon would have been without your starting quarterback, starting running backs, starting wide receiver, best corner on the team, starting defensive lineman. I mean, there's five guys right there that win ball games for you. And then those players, for the most part, outside of Gonzo and uh, Chase Cota because of graduation or NFL, they're all coming back. So you don't need to hit that portal for those positions. You can hit the portal for the other positions. And you're bringing in these nine guys that are going to play, it feels like, right away immediately. That's got to be a little bit different vibe for the recruits. So it feels like a question to ask is like, you know, I wonder how much the transfer portal is impacting recruiting. Oh, it's impacting it tremendously. Um, I think, and it, it really goes to a couple different levels. I think a lot of people are, maybe you could say concerned or maybe intrigued is a better word, just about how this, how, what the trickle down effect is. Because if you're looking at this from a college staff standpoint, you no longer have to necessarily rely on getting guys from the high school level and developing them because you can go to a tra- the transfer portal and say, hey, let me get this guy who who played at, at Alabama or this guy who played at South Carolina and is much more of a known deal. You know, they're, they're already kind of proven to a degree. Um, or if you want to look at it from Jordan Birch's perspective, you know, he's, he's had some flashes at South Carolina. Come over here. Uh, to, to Oregon and let me take it to the next level was probably something that Dan Lanning and Tosh LaPoy are saying. So I think it's it's impacting it from a number standpoint. And I think that there are ultimately some high school ju- junior college guys as well that are getting uh, fewer opportunities because of a transfer portal. But that's just kind of a, a natural effect that's going to happen from that. You know, if, if it's easier, if you can go grab a starter, why, why would you necessarily, you know, look at a high school guy for the same type of deal? Um if you have to, you know, essentially put more effort into it. Um, so that's not necessarily one of the more glamorous aspects of it. But there is one more thing that I kind of wanted to talk about with the transfer portal, Ryan, that, that you made me think about is just the dynamic of the actual recruitment. Like you said, these are guys that have been around college programs before and, and they know what it's like. And in a weird sense, you know, based on some of the conversations that I've had, it's uh, it's actually easier to recruit guys out of the transfer portal because they can take their situation at whatever their previous stop was, compare it to Oregon. And if they see that opportunity or they see, you know, some big factor that's like, oh my God, this is totally different. This is why I left program X. Oregon's doing this so much better. I think it's easier for them to see, okay, this is, you know, where I could find a new home. This is what my role could look like. This is what the depth chart's looking like. I see my opportunity. So uh, I thought that was that's definitely an interesting thing that I've learned and kind of come to understand a little bit more through all this transfer portal madness. Um, but it's uh, you know it's a, it's a a very interesting part of modern college football and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's jump into the chat here a little bit. We've got a couple minutes left here. We've got uh, some people in the chat here. Let's go. What up? What up? We got Duck Zone in here. This is Dom. What up, man? Dom's got a question here. Tom, or he's talking about Blake Purchase. What are your thoughts on Blake Purchase? Yeah, I, I really like Blake Purchase. I think he's one of the one of the better edge rushers signed at any Pac-12 school in the 2023 class. Gatorade Player of the Year coming out of Colorado. Uh, someone that the the Oregon staff I think feels confident can can contribute early. Um, you know, Colorado is isn't a, a state when it comes to recruiting that that really grabs your attention too heavily. But I mean, to to let you know how important this was for Oregon, he was one of those early signees. Uh, whose letter didn't come in till a little bit later than some people expected. And the reason that that happened is because Dion, Coach Prime at, at Colorado, was doing everything he could to to flip him to the buffs. So that was a guy that, that Oregon identified early. They love him and his family. Uh, but it's it's going to be, you know, tough. It was tough for them to hang on to him. You know, it's not over until the pen meets paper. And even then, it's not always the, the case, you know, until they get on campus. So, Blake Purchase is, is a really, really talented athlete, really twitchy. Uh, I think that he is one of those guys that Tosh LePoy wants in his system. And um, I think when you look at him and the rest of that group, they are kind of uh, not overhauling, but I would say retooling that room quite a bit. And then for him to be able to learn under a guy like Mace Funa uh, is, is definitely only a plus and getting to be pushed by those other talented recruits that they got in 23 at his position is, is awesome for him. So big fan of Blake Purchase. Let's go. Dom's got another question here. Talk about Roderick Pleasant. Yeah, Roderick Pleasant is uh, you know out, out uh, you know big big time recruit from my neck of the woods. He's at uh, Gardena, California, Unipero Serra, um, and he's the the fastest defensive back in this 2023 class. He's actually currently on an official visit to USC right now. Uh, released the top five of USC, UCLA, Cal, Boston College, and Oregon. He's going to be announcing his college commitment on February 1st. And I talked a lot about him in my last episode of my podcast. Uh, so you guys can definitely go check that out if you haven't already. But he's a track guy. And, um, you know, what if you're looking for a track spot, what better place to do it than in Tracktown, USA? Um, you know, I think that I kind of have maybe thrown that out as a blanket statement when it comes to track guys. Um, but I know that Oregon's had, you know, Michael Williams. He's one of the fastest guys that has come through Eugene in recent years. And uh, I think that there was some some uh, some sprinter at Oregon from Chaminade uh, originally, which is another school out here. He uh, I was talking about Roger Pleasant the other day and he was like, hey, man, we always wanted to like be teammates and run together. Like, let's make it happen at Oregon. So kind of cool to see those recruiting pitches. But I feel pretty good about Roger Pleasant in terms of where Oregon stands. Um, but UCLA, they get Dante and Moore. And I, I heard that that was kind of how they were able to sneak in with that recruitment because uh, that was another recent visit that he took. Um, following his Oregon official uh, in late November last year. So Roderick Pleasant is is a guy and uh, so, so much upside, really explosive, really fast, really quick. 
uh, got some ball skills, playmaker. I, I think that he's definitely one of those guys that's at the very top of Oregon's board still uh, in 2023 as it kind of winds its way down. Love it. Uh, and then uh, Dom's also asking about Nicholas Harper. This is a guy who, you know, obviously this guy looks like DK Metcalf out there. I mean, he's just all over the place. Another track guy uh, who's just an absolute gigantic guy comparatively to some of the guys that he's on that high school film. That's why that high school film to me sometimes is so comical. It's like, who's guarding this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Harper is, uh, I think he's one of the freakiest athletes in this 2023 class, regardless of position. And maybe that's because he can play so many different positions. Uh, when I first heard about him, I heard him making noise as an edge rusher out there in the Washington DC area, uh, for Archbishop Carroll, I believe is his high school. Um, so, so edge rusher, play some wide receiver, play some tight end. Um, one of my colleagues, John Garcia jr. Was talking to him out in Orlando at the Under Armour all American bowl. And he looks like he wants to play primarily offense at the next level, um, which, which is an interesting development. But he also said, you know, hey, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play any defense. You know, maybe I'll get in there a little bit for some pass rushing snaps. Um, 6'5", 225, I want to say. Um, so you figure that he's probably going to want to stay at that that uh, that frame once he gets to college, wherever he ends up going, because he's going to obviously do track. So I think that that's an interesting little development to kind of keep tracking there. But again, uh Oregon's in an awesome spot here, I think, certainly heading into the, his final official visit, which is supposed to come on January 27th, I want to say. Um, he he's That's a huge trip for them. And he's been out to Oregon before, so there's definitely some familiarity there, you know, some foundation to build off of, if you will. Um, and, and I think that the Oregon's track program is actually doing a lot of the heavy lifting from what I've been able to gather in this recruitment, which is really, really funny to, to look at, considering he's a, you know, track and football guy. But He's someone who could definitely help Oregon, you know, reinvigorate that tradition of football and track guys. But you got schools like Michigan, South Carolina, Maryland is also in the mix. I believe both of his parents went to Maryland. They're Maryland grads. So that's always an aspect of recruitment that you have to, to take into account. But I like Oregon's chances with the Nicholas Harbor. We're going to have to keep monitoring that one as we get closer. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is hard to, to, to get these guys to come all the way across the country. I mean, even if the program's great, the track, everything else, there's a lot of good programs out there, you know, that are maybe closer to home, and that could be definitely something to uh, to take into here. Uh, Tad here, Fernandez in here says, a couple of your favorite casters. That's a podcast uh, reference. I'm a little old to understand that. I basically just figured that out here. Uh, I like how your guys' generation is just taking part of the words off. It's just like, <laughs> we're just hopefully, hopefully everybody's understanding what we're talking about here. Uh, Brandon Lee is in here talking about that we're killing it on the recruiting trail. I love that. Uh, he also asked about any of the Georgia transfers. You, you think about any of the Georgia transfers that might uh, be able to come to Oregon with the connection with Dan Lanning? Yeah, that's a that's a storyline that we've kind of been tracking really since Lanning got hired, right? You know, I think a lot of Oregon fans, they see former Georgia guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, hit the portal like, oh, what's Oregon's chances here? Um, two names that we're kind of tracking right now, I think have been trending on, on social media and Oregon circles is Jaheim Singletary or Jaheim Singletary. Uh, he's a uh, former high four-star, maybe even a five-star recruit in the 2022 class. So that's an interesting story to track too, because he's a true freshman, just won a national title with Georgia, and now he's looking for a new home. Uh, there is some familiarity there since he did take a visit to Oregon during his high school career. I believe that visit came in 2019. Um, because I saw I was getting retweets on a post I was tagged in and I saw how old it was. And I'm like, why is this, why is this showing up on my timeline? But it was because he was heading to the transfer portal. Um, so he's originally from Florida. I'm not sure that, uh, I'm super confident in Oregon's chances with, with that one. 
Um, but, you know, obviously there is a connection there, seeing that uh, he was part of the the defense that, that Dan Lanning, you know, helped recruit at Georgia. But I think the stronger connection is with MJ Sherman, I want to say is his name, the uh, linebacker out of Georgia. Uh, he's a, an edge rusher, former high four-star recruit, top 33 player in the country on the composite, it looks like. Uh, and Lanning was his primary recruiter when he was still on staff at Georgia. And the interesting angle with that one, uh, if we're just taking geography into account, is he played at St. John's College in uh, Washington, D.C., which is where the Ducks got Colin Gill, the 2023 defensive back signee. So you have some more ins there, maybe some more connections. But I feel like especially from a positional standpoint, this is the guy that I give Oregon a better shot with is MJ Sherman. So got to have to keep following those and, and see, you know, a lot of these transfer commitments are coming together really quickly. Uh, but MJ Sherman would be a big addition for Oregon if they're able to get him seeing that they need to get more difference makers on the edge. Right. That's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I just, I, I think the transfer portal is fascinating. I mean, I, I really, I think it's added a whole new wrinkle to things. I think it's allowed teams to kind of rebuild quickly. It, there's, there's kind of a threat almost with teams to kind of keep playing well. I mean, or, or, or keep motivating to keep, I mean, there, your whole team, your have your offense could transfer in one year. If you have the wrong kind of coach, wrong kind of chemistry, vibes aren't good. Players aren't feeling supported, whatever else case may be. You got a mutiny on your hands to lose half your team. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, that's why you gotta keep recruiting guys, even when they're, you know, at your school, which is, is a, uh... I'm sure not a it's not an aspect that college coaches want to have to deal with, but that's the reality of where the sport's at today. Uh, but it is an interesting thing to keep track of. And, you know, you already have enough to keep track of when it comes to the prep guys. And then now you also have to keep, you know, track of the guys in the portal. And these staffs are uh, they're hiring recruiting staffs just to focus solely on the transfer portal guys. And then you have the other people in your recruiting part- department to focus on the high school guys. It's a, uh, it's, it's really tricky, but, um, you know, obviously the best programs know how to manage their numbers. Well, talk about numbers just for the last, last question there and talk about the idea that, you know, right now is a huge number crunch. I mean, you have, there's a bunch of guys on this team. They're bringing in this huge recruiting class. They've got guys coming in as transfers. Yes, there have been guys who've left, but it feels like uh, they're going to have to uh, have some serious conversations or something's going to have to happen between now and the fall to be able to get this thing back to the roster number that you need. Yeah, no question about it. That's definitely something a lot of fans have been asking about. Uh, Haven't seen that kind of, I wouldn't say exodus, but we were expecting a second wave of transfer portal guys, I think, after that holiday bowl win over North Carolina. And uh, I think we've only seen two, I want to say. Cam McCormick, the veteran tight end, who shockingly has more eligibility, but that's due to his uh, terrible injury luck at the college level. So definitely wish him all the best. Glad he got to play a full season at Oregon, especially being a native Oregonian. That's definitely big for him. And then you have Isaiah Brevard, the former uh, All-American receiver out of the 2021 class. Um, He headed to the transfer portal. And uh, they still got to have some guys, you know, transfer out here. Uh, But I also think that they need to, like, address the tight end a little bit more now because you're seeing a lot of movement there with with Cam and Maliki both leaving. So I think you got to get your numbers up a little bit. But the tricky thing, the interesting thing with that to know is that I think with the way that – the thing that I've learned is that college school these programs have until a player enrolls at the school to kind of get the the scholarship math figured out so based off of that i would kind of think you know when a guy comes in they already probably have more or less someone that is matched up to you know depart i would think um you know i don't have intel on that one specifically but that's kind of how i see it shaking out 
Um, and maybe Oregon's still trying to crunch some of those numbers. And, you know, they're having some of those conversations, I would think, with guys that have tried to carve out a big role, but maybe it just isn't all the way there. Or maybe they don't, you know, fit the scheme uh, as well as they did when they were recruited by the previous staff, something like that, possibly. Right. Speaking of pro ducks, Javon Holland just got an interception off a tip. These guys are are bringing this thing right back. Let's go, man. It's so fun to see these guys go to the next level. And it's got to be fun for you know, uh, the recruiting people, right? Because you, you guys are, are so connected. You're, you're following all these kids throughout their whole journey. And now it, it feels like it's getting younger and younger and younger. And uh, that you're starting to understand or start to at least introduce to the kids, right? And then you see them progress into the college student. You follow them on the trail. Possibly it's a transfer portal situation. That's the big thing to me is like, if you know recruiting, then you're going to know the transfer portal because you know who these same guys are and you're still following along that same path. But then to see them progress through whatever the schools they do, maybe blossom at one school or blossom at their school, maybe get a chance in the NFL, see them on the next big stage. I mean, it's such a cool situation. I mean, one of the next wrinkles of why we love college football so much. Yeah, it's it's wild. I think a lot of people, you know, some people like the transfer portal and some people don't. Um, but it is kind of cool to see those connections, you know, come full circle. Um, you know, there's a guy, you know, handful of guys where it's like, oh yeah, I remember t- I talked to you a couple times before you ended up, you know, somewhere else. Um, and I'm still, the thing that I'm waiting for is to, when I see more of the guys I've talked to end up in the NFL. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, being able to go out to San Antonio is only going to help those chances a little bit more like Kendall Milton, uh, running back for Georgia. He was the first recruit I ever talked to when I got into the, the, you know, recruiting, uh, journalism, you know, industry, uh, out of Fresno. So I thought that was a pretty that that was a pretty cool dynamic to see, uh, you know, come to fruition to see how he's doing. And then, you know, Rod Robinson, just to talk about Georgia, I guess, a bit more, you know, he's a guy out of San Diego that Oregon recruited for a while, but he went to UCLA and then Georgia came in late and they got him. So uh, he, he's he's a dude, man. That's that guy is probably the best running back in California, I would say, without a doubt. Uh, and he, he made some serious noise. So I'm excited to see guys that I've talked to, you know, achieve their dreams and, and take it to the league. That's awesome, man. One of the other guys that, that I thought was I was impressed with, it's kind of just a random name. I didn't know anything about the guy, but Hunter Clegg mm-hmm. is the guy for Utah, dude. That's a classic Utah guy. He's from Utah. He just tore that game up. <laughs> he was all over the place. Yeah. I, I, hey, I'm. you got to give Kyle Winningham and uh, and the Utes a, a whole lot of credit. They had a lot of presence at that Under Armour, that Adidas All-American Bowl. And they have one of the one of the better classes that they've had in, in quite some time. Um, so I think that they're seeing how dominant they were this year, uh, winning the Pac-12. I think staying home to play for 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 their U, um, you know, I think means means a lot more than it has in the past. And especially when you think about how crazy it was that there was some smoke about Kyle Whittingham retiring, um, you know, after last season. Right. He he's he's back now, and he's looking to just you know take that thing into another gear. And Cam Rising coming back for 23 is definitely a big part of it. So it's been really fun to see how that program's developed. Well, I think the Pac-12 needs it, right? So it's just you have guys who stay in here. I think NIL has helped. I think the, the situation has helped a little bit um, to get these guys an opportunity to stay and stick around and give them some motivation. But uh, here we go. Uh, the uh, Dolphins just uh, tied this thing up going into halftime. Let's go. Sweet. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, dude, I just can't, uh, can't thank you enough, bro. You, 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 you do a hell of a job. I, you're always my go-to with anything recruiting. You're, I, I click on, I, I follow you and Zach Neal, both with uh, your pages. I both 
I really appreciate what both you guys do. Uh, up-to-date information, always on point, and uh, you do a hell of a job online with your YouTube presence and everything else. So, man, cheers to you, bud. I appreciate it, Ryan. I always appreciate the support. Um, you know, you were the one of the first guys that brought me on YouTube, I think, you know, because that was back when I was out in Eugene, you know, just getting started at the U of O, I want to say, um, you know, coming off that Zoom series during the peak of the pandemic. So right, right, it, right. it's been really fun to just keep it going, you know, getting to meet you in person when I moved out to Eugene was, was cool. And then obviously with the technology we have at our fingertips, uh, just, you know, keep the conversation going and, and keep engaging with these Duck fans because they can't get enough recruiting content. And I'm here for all of it. Love it. Well, I would love to have you on again, maybe after the official signing day when we can talk about the real full class of what it is. But uh, man, just so proud of you. And it was so cool seeing your coverage there at the All-American Bowl. That is really a highlight moment. I think uh, for guys who are into recruiting, I think that's kind of something you can really sink your teeth into. And I, I really believe in that sort of stuff. I believe in that seven on seven, bringing those guys in together and getting that top flight talent together because that's when you can really see. And that's when I can start to believe in recruiting a little bit more. Other than that, it was a little bit more like Santa Claus a little bit. It was these guys who were like so dominant on the high school left because we saw it over and over and over, right? We saw history before it was really dialed in where you had a lot of different people doing uh, recruiting in the 90s, 80s, 90s, whatever. You would just take some of these guys who were some of these really good athletes and they just did not ever really translate to the next level. So now we're in a position where it feels like it's really cool to kind of see how much science there is almost into uh uh, the recruiting because it is it's not it's an inexact science yeah it's uh it's a year-round thing and you know you have the the football season is obviously the best time for evaluation and then now you move into the the off season but there i think there really is no off season if you recover recruiting at a high level which is what i'm striving to do each day and now that i'm in los angeles now i'll hopefully be able to go out to you know some camps some circuits some seven on seven tournaments uh and just get a you know get a look at these guys earlier and um, really just, you know, not be another, just another guy, you know, calling on the phone, be like, hey, I'm here. I'm coming out to see you. I want to, you know, build that connection and, and do it the right way. So uh, it's it's super fun. I can't get enough of it. And, and I'm excited for what's to come. Well, the secret of success is all about that communication, especially with the field you're in, my man. So can't thank you enough, Max. You're the man. Absolutely. And again, for everybody out there live, thank you for joining. We tried to have as many people in the chat as possible here uh and uh tried to get as much in here i tried to keep it at 30 minutes of course i went over max that's how it goes you know how it is no worries but uh for everybody else who's out there uh stay tuned for everything else we'll do on uh sports chat 503 i really appreciate people uh, uh watching i don't think i have much voice left i left it pretty much at mad night last night i was so fired up last night max dude i was pumped i was almost doing push-ups in the hallway I was <laughs> that fired up so can't thank you guys enough. Really thank you guys. Uh, and again, follow Max. He's the number one, in my opinion, recruiting guy to follow. And uh, like, just like our buddy Spencer McLaughlin, if you could put stock, if you could put stock in someone and see that stock rise, you're one of those guys that your stock is going to go way up. You and Spencer both, I think, have very, very bright futures. So thank you so much, Max. Hi, right, appreciate you having me on, Ryan. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Adios, buddy. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.